0: Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Barrett Lewis. Berate is a sought-after speaker and the owner of Thriving Life, offering workshops, courses, and retreats in mental well-being. As well as being an experienced and accredited mindfulness teacher, Barrett has carried out mindfulness-based vitality and aging research in cooperation with Leiden University Medical Center and Leiden Academy of Vitality and Aging in the Netherlands. Barrett's new book, Aging Upwards, talks about our generation being given about 20 more years to live than our parents and grandparents. But does that mean a longer decline? Buried shows that the story we so often tell ourselves about aging that it's all downhill from 50 is simply wrong. Welcome, Buried. How are you today?
1: Thank you, Terry. I'm very good. And thank you for having me here today.
0: You're welcome. I'm happy to have you. So Barry is joining us from the Netherlands today, so really far away, but she's got a great message. So let's start by sharing with the audience why you felt it was important to write this book.
1: Well, yeah, it's a a bit of a long personal story, (laughs) I guess, and and, and it starts um, already about 15 years ago, when uh, me and my husband lived in the Den- in Denmark, I am Danish, um, and uh, he was offered a job here in the Netherlands, and we decided to move here, and, and I kind of gave up my career. I used to be a communication consultant for the uh, Danish Defense, and we moved here, and I just felt, wow, I gave up my life, I gave up my career, how am I now? I'm just a housewife, I'm just a and I, and I felt really hard, I felt sort of in an identity crisis. And, um, but it made me go back uh, to study. Uh, and I guess I was at that time, I was in my forties and, and I started psychology, but also did some mindfulness and, and yoga on the side, because I've always had this interest in whatever that is, but I didn't really know what it was. Um, so I went on a silent retreat. For five days, where you we are not allowed to talk to anybody, um, to to really learn what mindfulness is, and for me, um, it was an epiphany. It was like completely eye opener because all these things that I had been taught from a from the in, an intellectual point of view from psychology about you know these things that you are not your thoughts and you know, but when you when you practice mindfulness, you actually feel it in your body and you it was like wow yes it's true i am actually not my thoughts i don't have to believe in all these things that i've been telling myself my whole life and all these patterns and habits that i created for myself i could let go of all of these and i thought this is such a a superpower and I want to do more of that. So I ended up becoming a mindfulness teacher and then I taught mindfulness to, um, all ages for teenagers, for, for middle age, for people with burnout and corporations. And then, um, then COVID happened and all of a sudden, all my appointments got canceled and, uh, and I thought, okay, what am I going to do now? And then, um. I have always had this desire to write a book because me being living here in the Netherlands with a, a, um, a Welsh husband and children going to an American school, we're very international. We always talk about what is a good life. What are we going to do when we retire? Where are we going to live? And I thought, I'll write a book about that. And so I looked around to find people who knew about aging at the time I was, I was just about to turn 50 when I started this. Uh, so I wanted to talk to somebody that had been more experienced, both intellectually, um, academically, but also people who are older than me. And then I found this around the corner here in, in the Netherlands, there's a university of Leiden, who's got a master in vitality and aging. And so I thought, okay, why not jump back to university again? And, and I did a master in vitality and aging. And two things I learned from that was that um i'll come back to the to one of them later on where about why we are so focused on not aging so you would think <laughs> think that the study of aging was about aging but it turns out that most of the time we spend so much time avoiding aging instead of actually embracing it but the other thing that i also learned was uh, as part of my master thesis i created and I did the qualitative research and I carried out um, a course in vitality and aging, mindfulness based vitality and aging. So I did a course in, in mindfulness uh, online for, it was all women who, who volunteered or joined my course. And they came back to me and said um, that the mindfulness gave them this mental flexibility. So whenever something happened, uh, maybe their body was declining in one way or another or they couldn't do the things they used to be able to do instead of of getting caught up in thoughts and worries about what's going to happen now. or I wish it was like I was when I was 20. And so they, they could sort of shift their attention away from the things that they couldn't do anymore to the things that really matters. to the things that's important to them and what gives them value in life and And that's really also what I've seen in mindfulness with other situations in other phases of life. but i th- I think that this is really something that's particularly helpful for us when we age, because we can so easily get caught up in all the things that used to be better, and you know, also in our cultural. World, we have this. Oh, everything is downhill when you turn 50. But no, it's not. Absolutely not.
0: Yep, absolutely not. (laughs) I'm here to tell you not. It's absolutely not. Well, quick
1: proof of that, and all the people you speak to, right? So you know what I'm talking about. So, and but but still, I do think that. yeah. And also research says that, that naturally we become better at, we get emotionally more intelligent as we age. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also statistically, we also get happier the older we get. So it's a, a lot of, you know, it's not true that thing about it's being downhill, but still there are, of course, challenges. And that's yes. getting me back to what I said before. And that's the reason why I wrote this book is because. There's so many books written about how to stay young and how to not age. Mm-hmm. There's not much written about how to age. And it's okay because suffering, difficulties, challenges that we face when we get older, is part of life, just like it is part of life when we're younger. And the more we can cope with them, the more we stop giving ourselves extra suffering. And that's what mindfulness could give us. So that's why i I wrote this book
0: oh that's great and you know whatever you think about all the time is what will happen so when you're being more mindful and thinking of happy things and what you would like to happen that will promote it and maybe make it happen even more so I learned that years ago so I don't dwell on on aches or pains or anything I always try and think what can I do to make life better And, you know, one of them is having some kind of a passion, because once you retire, if you don't have something to focus on, you will start thinking about all the aches and pains. And, you know, you get an older group of people in their 60s and 70s together. They start talking about the doctor's appointments and the operations. I I never want to get involved in that. I've had my share of that but I do it and I move on. I don't want to keep talking about it. I want to focus on what can I do now? How can I become a better person? And how can I enjoy my life? So I want to exercise to be able to stay more fit. And I want to be able to, um, you know, be be social so that social being social is a very important part of aging. So I focus on those positive things. And I don't worry about the aches and pains they are going to happen. But again, wherever you put your focus, that's what you think about. They're gonna hurt more. If you sure. don't focus on them, you kind of forget some of them.
1: Yes, that's right. And and I think it's also about, I'd always give this example, you know, we've all been there at night where if we can't fall asleep. So we lie right. there and we're counting the hours thinking, oh God, I've got three hours to get some sleep. I've got two hours and oh, my day tomorrow is gonna to be horrible. So we spend the night, you know, giving so much pain to ourselves and suffering, right. um, but if we learn to accept that and approach it with kindness and say, it's okay, so what? Or maybe I have a nightmare where I can't sleep, but what what can I do instead? All right, so I'm not going to get sleep tonight. What can I do instead? And it's the same thing in, in e- anything else that's suffering that might come in in our everyday life, okay? So I'm not going to do it the way that I wanted things to be, but what can I do instead so I don't get that extra suffering that we put upon ourselves all the time.
0: Yes, and I don't know if you ever heard of Dale Carnegie. He wrote a book called Stop Worrying and Start Living. And what he says in the book is that 85% of everything you worry about never happens so don't worry until it happens and then you can do all the wearing you want but we're spending we're wearing about 85 percent of things that never ever happen we're wasting time and energy right and that sounds like exactly what your message is (laughs) it
1: is it is but it's also it's also to to the things that are suffer the the things that are causing us pain it's also to approach them In a different way. So instead of running away from them, to embrace them and say, "It's okay. It's okay to maybe the body is not like it used to be. It's okay to be older," because if we keep saying that that if we keep saying that it that it's from fifty and it's all downwards, it will be right. Right. Yes.
0: And the way I look at it is I'm still here. I'm 72, but I've lost friends younger than me and they're not here anymore. So I'm happy to be here even if I need a walker or I have to walk with a cane. It doesn't matter. You're still here. Your family still loves you. They still want you around. So focus on the positive. And, you know, we we just have to learn to live with things that happen to us and everybody has different issues. I mean, there's people stuck in a wheelchair, but then you focus on your mind. What can I do with my mind? There's other things that you can focus on. So I think that's, that's basically what you're saying and it's a good message.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, some people are using your book, Aging Upwards, as a workbook toward change. So have you heard that from people that they're kind of using your your book isn't out yet, but people that have been able to read it um, have been thinking this is actually a workbook more than a book
1: book. (laughs) I guess it is a workbook because it, it gives a framework. Right. That helps us get there, and and yes. mindfulness is, is is like any other new skill. Like if you learn to play a violin, you got to put the hours in to learn it, and that's what we're doing. We are we are physically training our neurons right. to respond to life in a different way, right. and that in order to rewire our our brains, mm-hmm. we have to do it again and again and again, and. And the framework is helping that. So there's two parts of that. One part is, is first of all, becoming able to sustain your attention, to focus your attention. Cause most of us just let it ride its own. It, you know, the brain just goes off on its own and it Reason does. Says, it does. <laughs> if we're not in the moment doing the things that we're doing in the moment, right. we tend not to be happy. Because of course, if we're in the future, we, we worry about things. Or so if we're in the past, we, Rethinking, oh, I should have done that, and why did he say that? But if you bring your awareness to this moment right now, right, most of the time we're actually okay. So that's a skill, and and it's hard, but the more we do that, the right. more we're able to also see things more clearly. So um if you can imagine that I'm holding a glass now, and this glass I've I've taken from one of the dirty canals out here in the Netherlands, and I filled <laughs> it up with the water, and <laughs> And it's full of murky stuff and you can't really see anything. It's really minky. And um, I guess that was a British word, minky. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really murky and you can't see anything. But if I let that stand on my table for a while, it will sort of come to the bottom and I will start to see things more clearly. And, And it's the same thing that happens with our brains when we meditate. Or mindful you don't have to necessarily meditate to be mindful but if right. you're able to sort of still your mind and um, you start to see things more clearly and the things you see then is both the way that our brains have been wired genetically to um, to avoid suffering to run away from because it's a, it's a danger right our right. brains is there right. first and foremost to keep us safe yeah so it will go away and avoid everything that's unpleasant so Christ. that's an urge we get all the time, but it, in it's not actually helping our mental well-being. It might help us survive, but it doesn't help us thrive. No. So we have to see this in order to override it. And we also start to see the things that we have been telling ourselves our whole life, you know, I'm not good enough. Nobody likes me. I should be better parent. I should be so and so. And so we start right. to see these patterns that we've installed on in our brains much more clearly. And we can ask ourselves, is this helping me live the life I want to do, want to live and be the person I want to be? I and mean, if not, then you actually have the power to go in and change it. So, so that's what mindfulness is doing. And that, that is the first part of the framework just to to be able to focus and gain this awareness and then once we have that then we can respond to life in a different way and that's about changing our mindset it's about broadening out our perspective so that we're not focusing all the negative things Uh, and it's about um, compassion, especially compassion for ourselves, because right. oh my god, we treat ourselves so badly.
0: <laughs> we do, and sometimes the things we say to ourselves in our mind is worse than what anybody else has ever said to us. Isn't yes. that
1: crazy? It That's is. crazy, but it's yes. true. <laughs> yeah, and the beautiful thing is that these are all skills that we can practice and become better at. You know, it's well, we think that that we're just stuck in this personality and ourselves is a is a fixed thing that we were born with and we're just born that way. You know, I often hear people say, oh, I'm a worrier. He said, no, you have a feeling. You, you are worried right now, but that doesn't make you this thing that worries all the time. You can go in and stop that and you can change things around. And, that's, uh, true. That's, and so that's true. That's so true. Yeah. Yep. So that's back to your question. Yeah. So it's work it is yeah it is
0: a workbook it's a frame it's giving you a framework to change and if you want to be happier then you have to change because everyone can be happy i don't care what your situation is you can be happy you just have to change your mindset change the way you look at things change the way you look at people and we have to learn not to react at every situation think about it first don't just react because you're going to react badly most of the time
1: Yes, because we have this brain, like caveman brain, and it's reacting, you know, it's keeping us safe. But thank you for that. But it's not good for us in the long run. (laughs) Yeah. And with me,
0: I started my podcast at age 70, and I've always had that mindset. So I wasn't afraid. I thought, well, I'll just start it. I'll see where it goes. I'll learn as I go along. I don't have to know everything before I start. You just jump in and you start. Um, So I've never worried about that. I don't worry about what people think about me, but a lot of people do. And a lot of Mm -hmm. older people have in their minds, oh, I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to do that. I can't start a podcast. I, I just had an. A- I interviewed an 80-year-old who just started a podcast. So Fantastic. you can do anything you want to do if you can get yourself out of that mindset. I'm too old. You're not. Was,
1: uh, yes. For sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I, I mean, there's just so many things that... Um, there's the mind-body connection, so I think you've already talked about that a little bit with mindfulness. It's a mind-body connection, not just the sure. mind, not just the body. They work together.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the body is important, especially to focus as we get older, because mm-hmm. we we have this completely stupid idea that an, an older body is an ugly body. But yes and it's not cold it's right? not it's not no and and we can use our bodies uh back to the compassion like we have to to use our bodies as you know we're still here it's it and it, it's sending us so many messages and if we can approach our body with self-compassion and acceptance of how it is right now and appreciate what it can still do We have so much better lives instead of focusing on all the things that you can't do and it's not looking as beautiful as it was when it was 20 and and yeah and i think i think the body is is such a fantastic tool for us to root us in the moment because whenever our minds you know we spend most of our time up here with thinking and again that's also the 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 brain that's keeping us safe right it's always solving things and what can I do and what if and but what if we can actually go into the body and just be and feel feel right now wow there's okay so my mind might be saying oh god I forgot the keys oh my am I getting dementia and you can go, ah but right now when I feel here and it's actually warm and there's sunshine on my skin or whatever it is we can come back and and that is a fantastic tool of centering and binding into this core that we have inside of us of strength. Right. Uh, even though we might be, not be as physically strong, but we still have that strength within us, which is, is is embodied and not just connected to all these thoughts and ideas that's happening in our brain.
0: Absolutely. And I think gratitude is one of the things that can help ground us because we have to be thankful for what we do have. Like when I go to bed at night, I'm always thankful for the nice, comfortable bed I sleep in. I'm warm. I'm in a home. There's so many people who don't have that. They're homeless. They're on the street. They're cold. They're hungry. And I'm always thankful that I've got a wonderful place to sleep. Even if I have trouble sleeping, I'm still (laughs) thankful. You know, I'm grateful that at least. I'm in a comfortable bed and I'm relaxing, even if I'm not sleeping. Um, So I think gratitude is a big part of that.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else besides gratitude that helps us stay in the now and be able to develop some of those skills that we need?
1: Um, I think for me, it's, it's, it's. Well, then, when I teach meditation, I always tell people to find an anchor, and that's always a physical thing, back to the body again, mm-hmm. using our senses and stepping out of the head and into our bodies. Right. And in a typical mindfulness, that's the breath, but not everybody likes the breath because people get, oh my god, why I'm changing the breath. Is it too short? Is it in the right place? Is it? And they start <laughs> to think instead right, of actually right. feeling the breath. Right. So sometimes something else. It can just be. Botox on the seat, feeling the connection with the chair you're sitting on, or your feet on the floor, or something else that you can come back to. So whenever your mind goes off somewhere, you can bring it back. And and that's that's helping us because that whole myth about meditation and mindfulness is about stilling the mind. It's it's you can't. You right. simply can't. or well, maybe you can if you meditated for for many, many years. Yes, yes. Uh, But in the beginning, all of us has to find a way to 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 practice this skill. And that's to have one center, one physical thing that you bring it back to again and again and again. Right. And that's that's helping us.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, the United States finally came around to talking about meditation. I guess maybe in the last 20 years it's become very big where more and more people are doing it they're starting to teach it in the schools to young people Mm. um because kids that are in school that are having a meltdown of some kind they need to learn to calm themselves and this is a good way for them to do it and we can teach them to do that so it is becoming a lot more prevalent thank god because i think it does help i've been meditating probably for 30 or 40 years not every day i really wish i was but You know, not on a regular basis, but I do meditate. So I learned it years ago, and if I'm having a really hard day, I will definitely meditate to try and ground myself so that I can move on. So, uh, yeah. But uh, thank God, in the United States, more and more people are are doing it. And yeah, as retired people, we have the time. So why not? True. True we have the time to learn new skills we have the time to center ourselves and then we'll be better people better grandparents you know better parents to our kids and sure. you know you can learn so many other skills by meditating
1: yeah yeah and i think that the 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 pause is the most important thing because as you were saying we react like that all the yes. time but if we are able to like say okay this thing is happening I'm just going to step back for a few minutes, might, maybe even just be seconds sometimes, take a breath. Right. And then realize, okay, what is the best way to respond instead of react? Yes. And, and then you make your choice. I yes. think and the more you are able to, to practice this, the more you're equipped to deal with situations when they come up really fast. And, and also meet them with acceptance and, and compassion. So, so that is really, I think, I've often uh, thought of mindfulness or meditation as a way of sort of weaving a parachute so that you have it when you need it.
0: That's uh, true, that's a yeah, really good way yeah. to look at it, yeah. Um, I studied Edgar Casey for many years and he used to say that you need to just stand back and watch yourself go by. <laughs> Like kind of look at what is happening yes. and watch it from not being in there. Just look at it from a different perspective. Yes. And yes. it is true. It's another way of looking at things just similar to what you just said.
1: Yes. Yeah. It is that and that that's that being able to step back and also become aware of these like I'm being pulled to do certain things because of the way that I'm wired in my brain. Right. So right. yeah. Yeah. And then you can stop it. Yeah.
0: True. So, do you have any more, like, one bit of advice for my boomers that an older person can use besides that pause? Is there anything else that might really help them age better and age more gracefully?
1: Well, maybe to stop telling themselves that they are boomers and stop telling themselves that (laughs) (laughs) they're. I, I I have this thing about putting people into boxes mm-hmm. because that is really in the first place what create ageism. So so by saying that 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 I am a boomer, that sort of makes you think that you should behave and act in a certain way, and maybe that limits you. So maybe focus more about uh, not so much your age, but what's important to you. That's so, good advice.
0: Wake up yeah. in the morning and just be. And like, what do I want today to be all about? And yeah. and I talk a lot about on my podcast about you've got to find a passion, something that you really want to do so that when you wake up, you're excited well, about being alive and doing things. Earth. And, you know, you need to be social. You need to do some exercise. And I, everyone can exercise, whether you're in a wheelchair or not, or you can't walk very, you can exercise in your chair. There's a lot of things you can do exercise size your mind um so all of these things will help us be better people and 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 i talk about volunteering as well if you don't want to start a new business and you don't want to do other things then find a place to volunteer that really resonates with you what do i really love and then go do that because people that volunteer are also happier people yeah
1: yeah because if the the best thing you can do if you're feeling down is to go out and give something and that giving could be anything. It can be just yep. a smile or, a, you know, it doesn't have to be materialistic or it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but give give something and that immediately makes us feel happier because that's that's how we are. We are social beings and and we want to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's when, it. I'm, yeah.
0: when I'm out walking, I'm always saying hello to everyone that I meet and I don't know them. You know, there's always different people in the park that I go to, but I always smile and say hello. And some of them look a little grumpy, but then when you smile and say hello, they will kind of give you a little smile back. so. Yeah. <laughs> or I stop and talk to people. I stopped one day, there was a mother with twin girls and they were adorable and they were dressed alike. And I love that. I always <laughs> wanted twins and didn't have any. So I stopped to talk to the parents and where do you go to school? And the girls loved it. They were so excited that someone was actually stopping and talking to them and their parents. And, you know, we just talked to them. And then I went on with my walk. It maybe took three, four minutes. That's it. Yeah. But they were happier. I was happier. I remember two in a recent trip to Chicago, I was having breakfast with my daughter and right across the table was another family, husband and wife and two little girls having breakfast. So when I got up, I went and said, oh, you have the most well-behaved girls. They're really great. And they're so adorable. Congratulations. You're great parents. And they said, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And they were smiling from ear to ear and the girls were smiling from ear to ear. And the mother goes, well, you should see them at home. And I said, ah, all <laughs> kids are like that at home. That doesn't matter when they're out in public, they know how to behave. And they were just so sweet sitting there eating their breakfast and being well-behaved little girls. And uh, so the parents love the fact that I came up and comment. I think people are afraid to comment, but yeah, I, I think we but- need... Those little things are little kindnesses that really make people feel good.
1: For sure, for sure. But I think I also should say that we're not all extroverts, so it's, right. it's, it doesn't come comfortable for to no. all of us to do no, that. It does. But then, no. then, then I would. What I have found is that because I'm not really an extrovert but person myself at right. all, um, and I and I think. I think there's so much talk about what is successful aging, and people are like telling us what we should be like and how we should be. What, when you're doing, when you stay young, you're successful, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, but sometimes it's also okay if some of us wants to like explore, I don't know, books, read more, do more introvert things, find a passion there and explore other interests. We don't always have to follow the same.
0: No. We absolutely don't. Nope. And like, if you just want to be a good grandparent, you just want to spend a lot of time with, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what really, I mean, meet with your grandchildren, try and teach them them some life lessons. Tell them what it was like growing up when you were young. There's a lot of things you can do with your grandchildren that sometimes we don't do. And later on, we might regret it, but you Um, can pick anything you want to do. And if it makes you happy and you bring a smile to someone else's face, that's all that it takes. Like I happen to love podcasting, but not everyone's going to want to do that. They're really not. (laughs) I, I mean, I interview other people who love, you know, coaching people and then, or they love writing books. So they're writing their books all the time. So everybody I think has a gift. So it's just finding what that gift is and then trying to use it to make yourself happier and make the world a better place. Yes, and it's different for everyone, but everyone has one. I think yeah. people think, "Oh, I wasn't given a gift. I don't know. I got the shirt." Again, that mind going crazy, but everybody has a gift. Just think about it, and usually it's it revolves around something that you really enjoy. Your gift generally involves around something you enjoy, don't you? That's agree? true. And and yeah. and
1: here's and and the good news is that that. And a lot of us might be stuck in that thinking. Okay, I I don't have a gift. I don't have any interest. I might not have any children. I might not have any grandchildren. Right. I might not be be confident enough to go out and explore these things. But then you can change that. You're not stuck with this mindset and this these traits that you have. So you can actually sit on your mat alone at home and practice compassion. Yes, you can practice generating this feeling for yourself and then also to other people and and that's the beauty of it you can you 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 don't have to give up just because you're 70 there's still no. So many opportunities, yes.
0: And like you say, we're going to live 20 or 30 years longer than our parents did. Yeah. And that's why I started the podcast at 70 thinking, well, if I live till 90, yeah. I have a lot of years left. I can't yeah. just sit around and do nothing. Right now, I'm doing a little bit too much because I'm still selling real estate. Again, I didn't <laughs> start that career until I was 55. So, uh, But I'm going to retire by the end of the year. I'm moving to Florida um but i started it so i'm doing real estate i'm doing my podcast and i'm downsizing and trying to get my house ready for sale so i'm like doing a little too much i'm looking forward to getting to florida and doing more relaxing but you know like i said everybody has something to give just you know you just have to look for it and you will feel happier go out go out and volunteer if there's you know nothing else to do don't just sit at home and be lonely Find a way to volunteer. There's a lot of volunteer activities out there where you're with people, and you just never know who you're going to meet and and uh. what you're going to learn by talking to other people. So,
1: sure. yeah,
0: yeah. So, tell me, where can my Boomer Nation find you um, if they want to find out more about your workshops or your book? How do they find you?
1: Well, my website is at uh, life.eu. Okay, because it's in the Europe in Europe, yeah. Um, yeah, that's where they can find me. From there and onwards, I also have a, a Substack um, a blog that I write occasionally, I like and that. I guide some meditations on there as well. Uh, and then my book, I think that's uh, in there, the framework is in there, and, and I think that's a good start. Yeah.
0: That is a good start. And you can find that on Amazon. I think you said Barnes & Noble has it. Yes. You have to pre-order it until April 25th. So April that's 25th, great. they'll ship it right out, but you can go in and pre-order it and then they'll ship it on the 25th. Yes. Um, and then it, there's a Kindle version as well, I think you said?
1: On the 24th, it's uh, for 99 cents uh, for that day. So specialty oh, that's in that, yes. Know.
0: So the 24th, it's 99 cents, very good. I'll make sure my uh, boomer nation is aware of that. That's great, <laughs> that's great. For those of them on a, on a budget, they might want to do that, that would exactly. Be good. exactly exactly and yes. i'll have all of uh barrett's um information in the show notes so if you're walking or doing something and you can't write it down all the information will be there you just have to uh go to kickassboomers.com click on her picture the, the show notes come up and i think even in apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. When you click on the picture, the show notes come up also. So all that information will be right there. So thank you, Barry, for being a great guest. I encourage my audience to buy your book and learn more about your work. I enjoyed our conversation and I thank you for joining us today all the way from the Netherlands. That was great.
1: (laughs) well thank you for having me it was an absolute pleasure
0: yes this was a lot of fun we had a fun time and we're getting some great information out there for boomers
1: Looking to take your podcast to the next level with video? Are you looking to develop a podcast but don't know where to start? From recording and editing to final distribution and marketing, we can help every step of the way to make your podcast stand out and get the results it deserves. Contact us today at PremierPodcastPros.com to take your podcast to the next level.